All right, what's up, everybody? Just give me one sec. Try to move this in better. Uh, it kind of sucks because of the glare, but what are you going to do? We'll work it out. So what's up, everybody? My name is Tyler Dunn. If you're on Instagram, what's up, Instagram? I think that's Stella. What's up, Stella? But uh, we're on episode 109 of Goals and Updates, and we're back on track. I took a, I took a week off. Just give me one sec. It's kind of a little staticky. Let me move this. All right, it should be a lot better. I just wanted to check that out, make sure the mic's good. But, yeah, so we're on episode 109 of Goals and Updates. I took about a week off just because uh, we had the – well, we, we had, like, an okay almost hurricane, right? Uh, if you're living in Florida, you kind of dodged a bullet because uh, they predicted it at first to be, I'm pretty sure, a Category 5. They hit the Bahamas, I'm pretty sure, at a 5. And then it dropped down to about a 4. And then I think it was supposed to, uh, it was supposed to go right across the East Coast, and it, it, I think it just like barely missed us. And so we didn't get anything. We got at least in Coral Springs, we didn't really get anything. We got a little bit of wind, and that was about it. But it was probably like twenty mile an hour wind. So you know, it's like an average day over here, right? It, nothing really happened. So we dodged a bullet on that one. Uh, obviously, the Bahamas kind of got destroyed, unfortunately. Um, I tell this to everyone too, but it, it, it kind of normally happens that way where we get a category five or a four and everyone panics, uh, especially a week in advance. There's, you could barely get gas around here. Everyone got gas and everyone panics. And what normally happens is it hits an Island. It slows down and then it either misses at least my area. Normally it misses Coral Springs and Fort Lauderdale sometimes. Or it slows it down so it's not that bad of a uh, bad of a storm, and that's kind of what happened. It kind of it hit it hit the island Bahamas, and it then went to a different course and it missed Florida uh, completely. So, and I'm sh I think other places got hit with it. I, I didn't really track it once it once it passed Florida. I'm pretty sure like North Carolina I think got hit with it and kind of got messed up a little bit from the storm. But um, you know, unfortunately, that's kind of the the hurricanes. But I took a week off because I wanted to recover. I had a lot of makeup things I had to get done. I had to, you know, prep and move things around for the hurricane. So um, if you're new to this show, basically it's every Monday and Wednesday from about 7.30 to about like 9, 8.39, trying to make it an hour and a half minimum. And then what I normally do is I do updates in the beginning. I then do two topics, which today's topics are going to be uh, stop running from your pain and embrace it. Then the second topic is going to be you should uh, contradict yourself when you get older. And then I talk about Dundee Investments, which is my business. So that's, uh, that's how we do the show. It's kind of like structured that way. So uh, to start off, we'll do the updates. I have a couple of updates. You just got to bear with me because I'm, I'm trying to get everything put in a good position where I can see everything and then everything comes out good. Obviously, I took a week off, so I'm trying to manage everything right now. But uh, some of the updates I have for you today would be uh, our Toastmasters contest is coming up, which is going to be tomorrow. So uh, for most people, if you know me on my friends list, you'll see me post stuff from Toastmasters. It's just a public speaking club. So a lot of people, I think, frown upon clubs or people don't want to do clubs. But if, you're, if you ever think about doing any type of club, 
I highly recommend Toastmasters because it's all about public speaking. And how I basically present it to people is, think about going to a stand-up comedy club, right, where you can literally sign your name on a petition to do stand-up comedy, and you get maybe like 10 to 15 minutes to do stand-up comedy. And it's kind of the same idea with Toastmasters, except you're doing speeches. Now, you can do, you can do anything you want while you're up there. Uh, and when you do the, the time speeches, it's anywhere from five and a half to, I believe, seven and a half minutes. So it's either five and a half or six and a half minutes to seven and a half minutes max. So you're up there for that amount of time, and everyone has to listen to you that's in that, that live audience. So it's kind of interesting, to be honest with you, because... For me, I try to do things that make people think. So either I talk about finance and I talk about information most people don't know about, or I t what's up, Sterling? Or I talk about um, something in society that most people don't think about, and I, I try to get people to think when I do my speeches. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because tomorrow we're doing a contest, so you're going to hear from the best speakers from our club. Now, guests are welcome, and every guest is for free. You don't have to pay anything. You just show up. Even if you just want to watch the contest and watch some of the, the best speakers we have in our club uh, present, present their speeches, their prepared speeches, and whoever wins will take a vote at the end of the night. Whoever wins the best speaker, uh, and I believe it's uh, the, the best humorous speech, and then it's the best evaluator. And the evaluator is just someone that basically evaluates someone else's speech and tries to critique it the best they can and try to give them good feedback. So those are the two contests we're running tomorrow. Um, all guests are welcome. And just actually a couple a week ago or a couple days ago, I created a, um, a Facebook event, uh, event post or whatever you want to call it on the calendar, the social media calendar for our Facebook, uh, for Toastmasters Facebook group. So if you're interested in that, you can definitely come out and, and join us. It's 100% free. Bring as many people as you want. The more, the merrier, I like to say, because you kind of want to put them in. We're kind of trying to get more people to show up so that way, well, A, you know, you'll see what the club's all about, and maybe you'll sign up and become a member and, and grow our club. But at the same time, we're trying to put more pressure on the speakers because, they're going to, whoever qualifies from our club is going to go to the international contest, which is, I, I forgot. She gave me the, the date. I just forgot to, I don't, I don't remember the date, but it's normally the best clubs. There's a bunch of clubs in Fort Lauderdale and Coral Springs and just in general around here where they take the best club voted contest winners and then they go in international and you just keep on moving up in ranks until you eventually get to the top and then you can win the international contest. So it's pretty interesting. Now, I didn't sign up for it. I kind of took too long. I didn't really have a prepared speech for it. And I figured, you know, I'll just kind of, I've never seen the contest before. I'm, I'm still pretty new at this, uh, at the club. So I, I don't know everything about the club or the organization Toastmasters, but I do know, I do know, I, I think I know about medium amount of information for Toastmasters. So if you ever have any questions, definitely can answer them for you. But they're having that contest tomorrow. It's at 7, the meeting starts. And I'm sure it, it might be a long meeting just because it normally ends at 8.30. But it might be longer just because they're going to try to get all these people speaking up there. And then you got to vote for the best speaker and the best evaluator. So if you're interested to you know see what Toastmasters is all about, tomorrow would probably be the perfect time to go. 
just because we're doing our contest for international contest. So that's Toastmasters. You want more information? You go to Facebook. It's the Great Fort Lauderdale Toastmasters 2004. Now, another update I have would be my birthday was Friday. So most people are probably joining this on Facebook. And the cool thing with that, you just fix this because that you can't really see the S. But the cool thing with that was my birthday was Friday. Went out with some, you know, my parents, my sister. I have a twin sister, so we have the same birthday, obviously. And went out, had a really nice dinner. Uh, wait, the waiter was, you know, probably the best waiter I've ever had. So uh, that's, you know, that's kind of saying something because I, I don't really, I don't really talk about that kind of stuff. But uh, for me, it's all about service when you're going to a restaurant. And unfortunately, it's it's something that when you go to a restaurant, it's very hard to find a good waitress or a waiter. So that that night on my birthday was pretty awesome. The guy was pretty funny. Uh, he was attentive. He came over and asked, you know, how everything was going most of the time. And he was just good overall. Now, so that was my birthday. Uh, my my uh, manager at my job actually did some pretty cool stuff where they uh, decorated my desk. They put um, like a banner. They put two party hats and some balloons uh, from the top of the cubicle. And then they, they put, they sprinkled, I don't know exactly what you would call the stuff they sprinkled, but it's just basically little like balloons and stars and um, like birthday hats and stuff. And it, it's just kind of something that you would put in a card. Some people put them in the cards. So when you open them, they fall out, but they sprinkled it all over my desk. So that's kind of cool. Interesting. I cleaned up some of that today and that's uh, you know, my birthday was obviously, you know, I, I tend not to overdo my birthday just because it's just, another day right of the week I don't I don't I don't really look at myself any different you know because most people are go oh I'm a, I'm a year older I kind of don't do that I like to kind of compare like that's why I kind of like um, New Year's because I can compare myself to the next year and so it's kind of interesting to kind of do that with your birthday like okay now I'm now I'm 24 right I just turned 24 on uh, Friday so I'm like, okay, I turned 24. What are my accomplishments? What can I keep on going for? Like, do I feel like I need to do some more in this, this category of my life? Like, what do I need to do? And that's kind of what I try to do with the birthdays. I kind of don't, I don't kind of like dwell and go, um, oh, I'm, I'm a year older or I don't try to go, oh, I got to go out and, and, you know, get, you know, effed up and, and all this other stuff. Right. I, I try, I try my best to just kind of look at it as another day, but I also try to put, you know, I try to put some almost like a fire under my butt to kind of go, okay, well, you're, you're a year older now, you know, you gotta, you're, you're not getting any younger. So we gotta, we gotta move a little bit faster. So I try to put some urgency when I, when I get to my, my birthday now. So that's kind of something new that I've been trying to do is just be like, oh man, I'm a year older. I need to hurry up and get this done. And even though, you know, I'm 24, I'm still really, really young. It, the reason I'm trying to do that is to build urgency so that I don't, I don't contradict myself and go, Oh well, you're 24. You're still really young. You still have a lot of time to do this. I want. I want to push harder. You know. So that's what I'm trying to do. Now that's uh, my birthday. I just looked up on uh, Credit Karma. So if uh, most people that know me are gonna know, I'm really into like finance, personal finance, and money. Uh, I highly recommend if you don't know your credit score, you don't know like your history or anything that's involving your credit score. The best app that I ever got, which I, um, a person at the, the bank teller actually told me this to get Credit Karma. Now, Credit Karma is, Credit Karma is actually, uh, it's free, 
and they'll recommend like if you want to get a credit card they'll recommend like all right you're probably going to get approved because uh, obviously they can see your credit history so they could be like all right this credit card is the best one for you you're going to get you know x y and z out of it uh, it's going to give you the most rewards and you're going to qualify and you're and you got like a nine out of ten chance of actually getting this credit card same with personal loans same you know any any type of loans they'll recommend like to apply for different things with low interest rates it's pretty interesting and the cool part which I use because I don't I don't really use that I don't really take out a lot of loans and I don't take out a lot of credit cards right I kind of I already have enough credit cards I already have you know a personal loan right now and then um, I, I, I don't really use it for that but it's kind of interesting to know that it's there right now what I use credit karma for is to look at my credit score so it doesn't harm me because most banks they'll let you see your credit score but They'll actually penal. I'm pretty sure they penalize you for looking at the credit score too much, or the FICO score is what it's actually called, the FICO score, and they'll penalize you for that. So Credit Karma, you can look at it as many times as you want, over and over and over again. There's no limit, and they'll show you everything within your credit history. So it'll be like, all right, you have five years of credit history. Um, these are your balances on your credit cards. We recommend this to get your score higher. So they'll actually give you tips to be like, hey, pay this balance off sooner. This will, this will boost you up maybe like 10 points or five points, right? Which is really interesting and really important because most people don't understand the fundamentals of, of like healthy credit. And so like if you don't know anything about credit history or credit score, they'll actually give you tips and helpful things that'll actually help you boost it up faster. So it's really interesting. I highly recommend it to anyone that's trying to get better um, at your credit. And even if you're not trying to improve your credit, which you should always be improving your credit, it's just nice to have because credit is everything nowadays. And, I, and most people don't realize that. Most college kids don't even know about you know too much credit. I had a friend who didn't even have one credit card and had no credit. Her car's bought out. She, uh, I guess someone gave it to her. So she has no, she's not financing the car not leasing the car, no credit history whatsoever. He doesn't own anything really. So no credit history and she's not building anything. She's probably like 23. So you want to build credit. So go out there, go build credit. Credit Karma is probably the best app to use to go look at that. Now I'm not running any, I'm not running an ad for them. I don't get paid if you go and sign up for them, but I'm just telling you Credit Karma is probably the best app for credit. Um, oh, and the reason I brought this up by the way is because I recently looked at my credit score the other day and it's at 780, which is pretty awesome. So, um, and I started off, believe it or not, uh, with a bunch of different things. I had a couple of different hard inquiries. I had a couple of, um, my credit cards were pretty like, pretty close to their limits at one point. So my credit before the last, I wanna say maybe the last seven or six months was at like a 640, 630. And to get it to 780 is pretty, you know, pretty intense. It's pretty crazy. I jumped a whole 100 point, you know, probably over 100 points basically. So I'm just letting you know, like I use Credit Karma and I never even, I heard of Credit Karma, but when I went to the bank teller, she's like, hey, the best app to have is Credit Karma. You can see everything and they'll help you improve your credit and so on and so forth. And I was like, checked it out and, and that's what helped me out a lot. Now, the other, you know, the, another thing that helped me out was taking out a personal loan, but, and that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother, uh, a whole nother segment, but um, credit karma, so we'll get that. Now, some other things I have on here, I'm almost done. 
Um, I've, I've been going pretty strong at the gym. So that's been a personal goal that I've been really trying to crack down on. The I guess the next one would be really getting up at like six in the morning, which I'm trying to form a, a, uh, a pack with uh, my one friend who said he used to do it all the time. And then he kind of slowed down and stopped. So, and he's really, he's really uh, fit. So he's really into all that stuff, working out, getting up early, getting things done. He's also a, uh, a health, a healthcare salesperson. So he's I'm trying to get my, my, my one friend on the same schedule where we try to get up every single day at six. And I know that if I can get him to partner up with me and we work together, I could definitely accomplish it and probably get up because if someone else is relying on me, I'm more likely to get up than kind of relying on myself. Even though it sounds really terrible, I just know my myself with um, reliability, especially when it comes to working out, is kind of bad. So I need to put something in place in order for me to get into the habit and then eventually I, I won't, you know, I don't have to have him help me out anymore. You know, obviously it'd still be good if he helped me out, but um, if I could break the habit and I can see that I can do it, it's definitely going to be a game changer. So that's, uh, that's the gym. Oh, by the way, too, I've, I've been, uh, I mean, I've been pre pretty good so far. I've been doing like four, three or four days, but I've been doing pretty heavy workouts. I've been going with my one friend who, um, has a personal trainer. So he kind of just tells me things that his personal trainer does and provides to him. And then he just shows me the workouts and I'll be like, yeah, just do this. And then you do this and you do that. And he'll give me little tips and I'm like, all right, cool, man. And I've been with him a couple times already. And I just, I feel it. I feel it. See in the mirror. Uh, I just noticed the difference right off the back with that, with working out with him at least. So that's actually really interesting on that, on that update. What's up, uh, Trevor? So that's actually really interesting on that one because for, you know, for someone like myself, like the gym has always been a struggle for me. So him showing me all those extra workouts, I just feel like is, is amazing. It's, it's not something that, uh, you know, a lot of people struggle with that by the way too. And I'm probably going to talk about that in one of the topics when we get to it, but where it's like running from your pain, that's probably gonna be that topic. But, uh, what's up Sterling? But the whole point being is that, uh, I've been going to the gym actually a lot. And I've been working out pretty heavily with my one friend and he's just giving me a lot of good tips and it just works. And when you have the right partner too, it actually helps a lot because the person motivates you. So that's probably a good tip that I could probably give you too is working out with a partner. But um, that's the gym. I have two more and we'll get into these topics. But the second one would be uh, Hootsuite Academy. So I did, I think I talked about this update about a week ago and I was trying to, I was trying to say how my, uh, the company I worked for before was going to basically pay for a certificate that I think ran about like $200. And I, I think I was the only one that was actually taking it serious at the time when I was working for that company. And there's like two other people that the person, my manager wanted us to get, to get qualified in it. And what ended up happening was I didn't want to wait for the, the actual company that I was working for to pay for it. So I just ended up paying for it and, you know, ended up not you know, I, I couldn't pass the test, you know, to save my life. Like it was so much information and I was trying to get through it as fast as I possibly could to get certified. And so what ended up happening was I took the test, I think like seven or eight times and I'm like, all right, I need to slow down and really try to jot some notes down and, and really study for this test and try to do all this, all these things. Cause I couldn't pass the test and you need like a 70, I think it's actually an 80 or above. I don't think it's 70. It's 80% or above. So you need a B or, or, or better, basically. And I'm like, all right, I, de I definitely want to get this certificate. 
needless to say, you know, fast forward, my, um, the manager that I was with ended up ha like, I had to go through accounts payable, I think the accounts payable department and they actually reimbursed me $200. And so I'm like, Oh, that's sick. I'm going to get a free certificate. And like, it, it's a, it's a great certificate to have. It goes through all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, YouTube, right? All the main social media platforms, it goes into paid advertising. It goes into how to set up a profile and like really trying to make it so professional and, and a lot of different other things that, you know, I kind of don't, I don't remember everything. It's so much information, but it was really, it was, it's actually a really good certificate to get. And needless to say, you know, a year later, I, um, I used my employee email. So when I tried to sign in there, it wouldn't let me get in there because I didn't, I couldn't verify my email. So I, so I'm like, damn, I probably lost this certificate and I'm like, damn. So I hit up the support, support services for that or Hootsuite support services didn't get back to me in like months later. And I'm like, all right, I'm probably, you know, I have to try to follow up with them. They don't have a number to call you if they use email. So I'm like, damn, I'm probably, I probably lost this, right? I probably lost this opportunity. I probably can't get it. Well, needless to say, I actually somehow logged into it by accident. Uh, I think I was messing around on it. I got into it and I changed the email and everything, the password, the email and everything. So needless to say, I'm on track to, to do that again. I just need to, it's a lot to sit through. Like each video, there's probably easily a hundred videos on there that you have to go through before you're kind of qualified to take the test with all the information. And then it's about, it, I mean, it's a long, it's, it's a long test. It's, you have, I think, an hour, but there's over 100 questions on the test. And if you get stuck on them over two minutes, you're probably going to, you know, you're probably going to lose time on it. So it, it's hard. It's not easy. It's not something you can just search up answers e um, either. Like most people are probably thinking, oh, I'll just take the question, search it up on Google and find it. It, do it doesn't work like that. You can't find these questions on Google. So you can't cheat that way. But uh, that's Hootsuite Academy, the certificate for social media that I'm trying to work on. Once I get that, I'll show you guys. I'll print it out. I'll show you different things on it. It sh it it should be pretty cool, um, it, but you know that's gonna it's gonna take me some time. It's probably gonna take me at least a week or two, maybe, and just go through the videos, take my time on the videos, study a little bit. Cause I have questions I printed out for it. Study a little bit and just kind of re um, reinforce the information. But if I get that, it's it's gonna be it's definitely it's definitely a, it's a resume booster, as I like to say. Let's see if I can move in a little bit. I move in this way. Yeah. So that's going to be pretty awesome. I'm trying to think. Uh, and the last one too, by the way, and then we'll go into these topics is uh, there's a property in Fort Lauderdale that I passed by. I was driving to go get my friend and in his neighborhood, I always see like for sale signs. I always see like abandoned houses and I'm trying to get in the habit of, of uh, searching for properties that look abandoned and then trying to reach out to them and, and get done deal investments uh, moving faster. So I'm always kind of scanning when I go through neighborhoods and I'm like, Oh, what kind of neighborhood is this? And I'm scanning through and I'm trying to see if there's any houses that need help or, uh, and, and whatnot. And so I found this one house that has a for sale sign. So they're trying to sell it probably on the, on the market uh, through a real estate agent, but it looks like it needs a lot of work. It has a lot of like, um, they call it, um, like rust. Like I think it's like, um, I can't think of the word, but it's almost like, it looks like a rusty color on the house, which shouldn't be too bad to get off. You either have to scrub it off or you, know, you might have to repaint it. 
which isn't too, you know, I mean, it's not that bad, but you got to paint it. The fence looks like it's falling apart and there's just little things on it where you can tell it's kind of, they, they probably didn't really take good care of the property, but at the same time too, um, the same time, I don't know what the inside looks like. So I'm assuming if they didn't really take care of the outside, the inside's probably not, you know, probably not as clean as, as the outside either, you know? So that's what I'm thinking to myself. So I'm going to try to call that real estate agent um, and see, you know, if you can get some information on it. But it's just something that was in interesting, but I wanted to bring it up because, um, you know, it's something that I saw and that that's going to go on my update. It's going to go on my, my business uh, goals and updates. So it's kind of something that I want to put out there on this, on my update portion, um, that property. I want to go and try to see if I can follow up, get some information, see what's going on and present it to you guys because I don't know what I'm going to do with that. I mean, there, there's options that I can do with it, which just depends on um, the information I get on the property and if I, you know, can lock it in and stuff. And, you know, there's a bunch of different ifs, you know, what ifs if I can move forward. But I don't know really what I want to try to do with that property. Uh, you know, I could rent it out. I could try to, you know, flip, flip. I probably wouldn't flip it. But um, if I rent it, I'd obviously have to flip it. But um, you know, probably most likely pass it on to an investor. So, you know, if I update you guys on that, you guys might be interested in buying that and maybe an investor passes by on this channel or, or whatnot and wants to buy that. So it's kind of why I want to also put it on the updates, but I'll give you more on that once I, you know, find out more information, but I just wanted to update that on, on my list. So those are my updates. So I'm going to go into these two topics really quick. The first one is going to be stop running from your pain and embrace it. This one I, I got... I don't remember exactly when I wrote this one down because I think I got this one out of my phone. So it could, you know, it could have been months ago. But what I mean by this is uh, most people run from their pain. I did it for a while when I was, uh, you know, probably in middle school and high school. I kind of avoided pain and I tried to run, you know, in a different direction than when it was coming. And I, I, I tended to realize, you know, I was watching a lot of motivational videos. I was, kind of paying attention to myself a lot. And when I hit rock bottom, I realized that, you know, the reason I hit rock bottom was because I was running from a lot of pain, internal pain. Uh, external pain isn't, uh, at least to me, I mean, I can't scientifically prove this to you, but internal pain, I think, is a lot worse than external pain because uh, you're kind of beating yourself up within yourself. And it, most people can't see that. So it becomes even worse because people can't really help you or, or know that you're in a lot of pain excuse me, in a lot of pain. So internal pain is, is I think the most difficult to try to overcome with yourself. And most people run from that. And, you know, just lately I've, I've just been kind of being, you know, I'm very aware of the people around me and my surroundings and stuff. And there's just a lot of people that I've noticed where um, they just kind of take the pain. And I've noticed a couple people, they embrace the pain and I know a lot of people that are close to me that don't really embrace the pain. They kind of, they avoid it, they run away from it, or they don't want, um, they don't want to hear the truth. And that's, that's the only way you can embrace the pain. To be honest with you, you got to embrace the truth. And that's why, like, you'll know with me, like, I'm just a very, I consider myself a very blunt individual, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't say something and like whip you, right? I try to get you to think about it. 
and I tell you the truth, but I'm, you know, sometimes I do bluntly just tell you the truth because sometimes there's no way of, of kind of getting around it. It's kind of just like, all right, it, you know, the elephant's in the room. I got to just, I got to just tell you. Because if I jump around the elephant, it's going to, it's not going to be a fun day. And um, if I can tell you the truth, you know, it's going it's to blow, it's going to blow through that. And it's going to help out both of us because we're both going to be on the same page at that point. If I'm trying to jump around the truth, we're both going to be in a really awkward and, and tense position. So I got to just tell you the truth, get past it as fast as, as we possibly can on the same page, and then we'll move forward and we'll figure out the solution. So it's kind of how my mind set is now. You know, it never used to be like that, but I recently, you know, once I hit rock bottom, I, I changed the way that I was thinking. So, and that's what this show is all about. It's, it's presenting you information where it's going to, it's going to show you that you got to change the way you're thinking. You got to change the mindset because most people are very negative. Most people are, they, they tend to run. They, they don't want to embrace the truth. Uh, tell anyone the truth and watch what happens. Most people are just like, I don't want to, I don't want to hear that. Right. I don't want to hear that. And you know, I could, I could already see my mom going, well, you do that right now. But I, it's not that I don't, the thing that she doesn't understand is that uh, it's, it's the news right? Like she, she tries to tell me what was on the news. And I don't want to hear that because if I hear all that stuff, all that negative energy gets passed on from the news from her to then me. So that's why I kind of do that. So it's a little bit different. Um, she's trying to pass me on negative information and I'm talking about the truth. So that's kind of, that's, that's the only way to embrace the pain is you got to take the pain for what it is, embrace the truth of it and push forward and use it. Uh, most people, the pain normally uses them. They don't use the pain. That's what I mean by embracing. Most people, they, they get hit with the pain and they just break down and they, and they struggle to get back up. If you can turn the pain around and use it as energy, uh, it's a game changer. And, and that's what I try to do most of the time. And, you know, I get pissed a lot at different stupid things that I try to flip it after, you know, maybe five minutes of being frustrated or pissed. I really try to flip it and go, okay, I'm going to use this and, and go against it or go with it, basically, not against it. I'm sorry. Go with it. And yeah, it works the best. But, um, and I'm going to give you some examples really quick too, where I, um, sorry, it's going to, it's, it's going to bug me. There's a little piece of lint on the little filter on the microphone, but the, I had a, I have a friend who embrace. I'm going to give you an example of someone that embraced and someone that didn't em embrace, and then may, I'll give you maybe one example of myself because I don't want to take too much time on this topic. But um, my one friend uh, told me uh, he he lost he lost a lot of he like he lost a lot of weight. I don't know why I couldn't say that, but lost a lot of weight um, before he was kind of. I didn't really you know I don't I didn't consider him obese or anything. He wasn't extremely heavy, but you know he had he he was kind of overweight in a sense. And he ended up losing last time I saw him a lot of weight. And he told me the reason behind it was, you know, someone told him the truth, basically. Uh, he's, you know, going out with this, this individual and uh, the girl told him, you know, like you're fat or whatever. And basically told him the truth. I mean, pretty much punched him in the face that it probably didn't ease him into it, but punched him in the face basically with the truth. And he said, you know, after I heard that, I was like, I got to change this because I'm not going to let this happen to me again. And so he got a personal trainer, started running uh, and started doing different things. Right. And he lost a lot of weight and he actually looks really good. But um, 
he is an example of embracing the truth, right? Uh, he probably couldn't tell him. He probably knew it deep down inside. The thing with the pain and the truth part is most people know the truth about the pain. They just tend not to listen to themselves about the pain or they, they hide it from themselves. And then with him, what happened was the person told him the truth. And this happened to me many times. Like I, I probably have some pretty good examples of myself on this, but they told him the truth. He embraced it, lost the weight. And now, you know, he, now he's pretty much being consistent at the gym. And he, he's actually the one that's helping me uh, with, with my, um, my workout schedules and stuff like that. And, you know, what muscles you should work out together and, and just really good tips and really good um, techniques on, you know, if I'm working on legs, he gives me some leg uh, exercises that actually work really well, which I did the, I did yesterday on, on a Sunday, right? So I went to the gym on a Sunday, which most people don't do that. But, um, and I went out there and did some really great leg workouts because of him. So, you know, he's embracing the pain. He's not running from the pain. Now, another example I can give you of, uh, I'm going to do the opposite now and tell you of someone running from the pain is I have, um, I have someone else that kind of rent. Um, I don't want to do that example. Let me see if I can give you a different one. Um, I'll give you one of myself. Like I, I ran from my pain, which was the whole, um, which was the whole thing with the arranged marriage thing. And I talk about this a lot just because it, it kind of, it really fundamentally changed me in a whole different direction because what happened was I hit rock bottom right through, uh, in a, in my, the girl that I was really in love with got an arranged marriage. Um, I'm not going to tell you all the details just because it's a long, long story. We'll be here for hours, but I got into an arranged marriage. Tried, I tried to hold on because I, I really loved the the person, and it it didn't it didn't work out obviously. And and what happened was I took her basically to break up with me because I I couldn't let go, right? And I put all my energy into that person, and I didn't put any energy into myself. So when she left, I crumbled. And um, instead of embracing that pain, that internal pain, and trying to uh, better myself and push and use it as motivation, I let the pain use me, and I ended up failing, um, you know, like my art, art appreciation class. I ended up sleep. I would sleep for like almost a whole day at some points, uh, some points in time, and I'd wake up and I'd still feel like I wanted to go back to sleep. I just didn't have any motivation, no drive. I um. You know, a couple times, uh, like use drugs and stuff like that. And I, uh, you know, one time woke up and, and looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, all right, I got to change. That's kind of actually what actually caused me to actually change and start looking, looking at myself a lot differently. Right. And I'm like, all right, like I, I like the person I'm looking at right now. So I got to change and I got to figure out how to flip it. And that's when I started embracing that. Right. I started trying to use that pain and flip it and embrace it and use it as a, a driving force. And that's, you know, that's what I used to graduate college because there's a lot of things with college that was actually trying to, there's a lot of things with it where I, I couldn't get through it, right? I couldn't push through it. And I was having a lot of problems trying to finish up my two-year degree where I was failing classes. Uh, they dropped my financial aid. I had to do payment plans and they they weren't small payment plans. They're like massive size payment plans where I'm like, I'm still kind of struggling to make these payments. And, and, you know, I somehow managed to push through, I paid all that, you know, I have no debt I have uh, and I have a two year degree. Now 
you know, back then I, I, I believed in it a lot more than I believe in it today, but you know, it wasn't, I, I kind of knew the scams of college and stuff like that. The, the reason I went was more for myself because, you know, a lot of people called me stupid and they, they, you know, a lot of people I think doubted that I could even get a, a college degree. And I kind of did it for myself for like self-confidence and self, uh, self-esteem. And I knew that I could do it. I knew I could get a college degree. I knew anyone could get a college degree. Um, I just knew it was a lot of work. And I, um, you know, I ended up taking, you know, I spent four years trying to get a two-year degree. I failed almost every single math class. I failed some math classes three times, lost my financial aid, had to, you know, pay, you know, $1,000 for just one class. I had all, all these little things that kind of hit me all at once. And, you know, I flipped my car and couldn't pay, you know, I was struggling to make payments and stuff like that. And that kind of lingered into making payments to the school and stuff. So all these little things that hit. And then, you know, I went through, uh, you know, that massive uh, depression stage that I was just talking to you about where I let the pain use me and I didn't embrace it. And just all these little, little things that added up over time. And needless to say, I graduated, I got my two year degree. Right. So my point is, and the funny thing is I had this conversation real quick. Uh, and now i so that, that'll be the example on that since I get, you know, I said I was going to give you an example of myself. So that'll be for that. But um, real quick before we go on to the next topic is uh, it, it's kind of funny because we had a Friday was my birthday, right? I had the birthday dinner. Then Saturday, my grandparents came down and we had a, uh, a dinner at, at my parents' place. And we're having the, you know, just having a family conversation and my sister's talking about, uh, my sister's almost done with her master's. So, you know, she went and traveled to different schools. She went to North Carolina, Westland, then she went to Massachusetts for a master's. Um, and she went right from, she didn't get a two year. She went right and got a four year. So right out of, um, high school, she went and went for the bachelor's right away. So that's where she went to North Carolina, got the bachelor's transferred into, uh, Massachusetts and went for her master's. And now she's back home and she's trying to do, um, she's trying to get in. I think she said she has two more semesters. So she's trying to finish up online basically. And then she's done and she'll have a master's and I, and I only have a two year, but I took four years. So I technically should have a bachelor's, uh, even though I'd have a two year degree of a associates of art. Right. So the funny thing was we we're talking and she go, and I don't remember how the conversation started, but I just know that my, uh, my sister was like, um, I think I was the first one to talk about it. And I was kind of talking about, cause my grandfather asked me about a bachelor's and he's like, Hey, you're going to go for your bachelor's. And I'm like, let me be honest with you. Like the whole reason I was with this company that I'm with now was I was going to try to use it to do two, uh, tuition reimbursement and go for the bachelor's and try to move into a marketing position and all that stuff. But I'm like, things aren't happening with this company. I'm like, I, I think, you know, this company is going to go under and I'm like, I'm trying to go with Apple now. I'm trying to use my uh, connection with a friend to get in with Apple. And I'm like, the plans are going to change. So instead of me going in the next, you know, the next year to go get the bachelor's, I'm going to wait on the bachelor's, try to get in with Apple, work my way into the marketing department. I can intern if I have to, if they want a bachelor's and they'll help me pay for uh, tuition reimbursement. So I'm like, it'll work out in the end, but right now it's a waste of time. Like I need to focus on my business. I need to focus on other things. And right now it's not a priority. Um, it's not even going to guarantee me anything. So it's not, it's not what everyone thinks it is. So I said right now it's a waste of time, but if I get to a position where I'm going to need it, 
um, especially if I'm working with Apple, then I'll change the course of action and we'll, we'll figure it out from there. But I'm like, and that's the plan. And so I was like, and you know, I took, you know, four years on a two year degree and I was explaining all this stuff that I just explained to you where like I passed, you know, I failed all these math classes, financial aid bro, you know, caved in and I had to pay these uh, tuition payments and stuff and barely could afford it. Um, you know, struggled really bad on it. It was losing basically all my money out of savings, just trying to keep up with the payments and all the, and I was just explaining everything to him and I'm like, but if the, but, and then my sister, I think, chimed in and my sister's like, um, yeah, I already have my seven year degree, you know, or I think master's is six or it could be seven or six. See, I don't even know cause I don't really care, but, um, not that I don't care that she's getting it. Just, I don't really care about the degrees that much, but, uh, she, and she chimed in and said, you know, that's, that's because, uh, you wasted a lot of time, which, yeah, I agree with her. And she's like, um, she's like, but you know, you're kind of, I don't think she used the word stupid, but she's like, you're kind of not smart or whatever because you're not going to continue going to college. And I was like, well, see, that's that's why I 100% disagree with you because, you know, you just took six or seven years trying to get that degree and you think the degree is going to make you a lot of money, but the degree really isn't going to make you that much money. It, it, might, it might be decent money, but it's not going to be great money. And I said, you know, but takeaway from my story would be that even though I failed almost every single math class in college, even though it took me four years, even though my financial aid gave out, all these things happened, guess what? I still I still succeeded and still got the degree. I still did it for myself, and I still got it. And that should be the takeout of the story, right? It shouldn't be that, oh, you failed everything. It took you four years, uh, you know, the, the whole sob story. It should be that I didn't quit. I per, um, persevered through it, and I got the degree. And that's what I'm, that's what I, you know, was telling her was you're looking at it backwards. You're looking at it wrong because most people in my position would have quit. Most people actually go, I think two terms or three terms and they go to college isn't for me and they quit. Right. And some of those people actually get, uh, a lot of people get the Florida prepaid. Like I have a friend that has the Florida prepaid and he, um, he just dropped out. He's like, he didn't really drop out. He just kind of took a break. And I'm like, dude, you got to go back and finish it because what's going to happen is you're going to keep telling yourself, well, I don't have to go back right now. I could just keep taking the break and you should just finish it. I mean, you're almost, you're a quarter of the way away from graduating and you're not even paying for it. Your parents already basically prepaid for it. So I'm like, you might as well just go back and, and get it at that. And that's what was going through my mind. You know, I got a quarter of the way there. I'm like, I got two classes left. You know, I got to suck it up and pay for these classes and figure out a payment strategy and get it. And that's what I did. So, you know, that, that was the, the moral of that story is, you know, a lot of us look at the negative side of things. We don't look at the positive th side of things. And I try to flip things. I try to flip things. Cause a lot of people will come to me and be like, well, you know, it took you four years and you failed all these classes and you lost all this money. And I would flip it and be like, yeah, but I, per it showed me that I could persevere through struggle. Right. I got through it. I flipped it. And I do that a lot with different things. Like people are like, oh, it's raining outside. It's crappy outside. I don't really, I don't want to go outside. They're like, well, it's per, you know, perfect day for um, plants to grow or, you know, just flip it. You know, even though it sounds stupid, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. It does sound stupid. But the whole point of it is you're trying to flip everything upside down so it, it motivates you. You get energized. You get motivated. And that's what a lot of people can't do. A lot of people look at the negative and the downside of things rather than, oh, man, like I got through it. 
right? I got through it. Oh man, I paid off my debts. And most people be like, well, yeah, I paid thousands of dollars in interest. Yeah, but now you're debt free, right? You persevered, you made a plan and, and now you're out of debt. Now, now you can grow your cash and, and people aren't taking all your money, right? So that's what I'm trying to get at with that. So that's stop running from your pain and embrace it because a lot, what happens to a lot of people is they really focus on that pain and they don't embrace it. They, they run, they hide, they don't want to hear the truth. And uh, um, speak uh, real quick, I'm going to speak on a, another point of view on this, but before we get into that last topic, but um, they're having this conversation. We have this person, because this is a great story that just hit me right now, and this actually be a good, good uh, point of view to, to bring up on this, this conversation or topic. But we, um, you know, I go to church every single, uh, I try to go every single Sunday. You know, sometimes I slack and slip, but um, I, for the most part, I go every single Sunday. Well, I volunteered this Sunday as an usher, and this, uh, this, this one person that goes to our church is trying to have a baby, and they can't, they can't, um, they're having trouble with, you know, what, you know, whatever it really, what, whatever, you know, the problem is, they're having a problem um, having a baby. And so what ends up, what ended up happening was uh, it came to some conclusion or um, result where they're saying the doctor basically told this person that, you know, they're, they're, um, they're overweight on the chart. And so it's, it wouldn't be healthy for her to get pregnant or whatever, or I'm pretty sure that was kind of the, um, the point. Cause I didn't hear it directly. That's what I was told after because we were just talking about weight and doctors and how they get the charts and the scales and all that stuff and, and how they can classify you as, uh, you know, overweight or obese and whatnot. So, um, so the point is I was going there, my, um, we end up leaving them. We leave the conversation with them and my mom and my sister continue the conversation and we're in the car and I think we're actually, we went out to eat after that and we were sitting down and we were talking about it over the lunch and they go, you know, I don't under, like, I like my mom's like, uh, you know, I don't understand why the doctors do that or they say that to you. Um, she's like, I've never had the doctor once tell me that. And then my sister's like, yeah, well I, you know, I've, I've had it, you know, once in a while or whatever, you know, whatever, uh, the case was. And I'm like, yeah, but wouldn't you want the doctor to tell you the truth? And both of them kind of, both of them gave me this, you know, this uh, facial expression of, um, um, no, it's rude. Why would I want to hear that I'm overweight? And I'm like, because it's the truth. And and they were they're just puzzled. And and they told they were just like like you know they kind of tried to shut me down a little bit. But the point of the matter of that whole entire story is. If you were overweight, right, and you went to the doctor, would you want the doctor to just go, okay, you're healthy, you're not, you know, you're not overweight, um, you know, just keep eating what you're eating, uh, you know, it is what it is, you know, you're not going to ever get fit. You know, I, I, I would want the doctor to tell me the truth, right? And that's the problem. I just, I, the problem right now is, is society is, is very, um, we're very catered to, very, very catered to, and, and to the point where a lot of people don't realize it. Um, you know, the, the best example to give you is if the supermarket shut down, uh, everyone would basically die because no one would know how to go get food, hunt, do anything. Um, but you could literally, you know, at your house, two blocks down the street, there's a supermarket and you can get whatever you want. You can, literally anything you can imagine that supermarket's going to have, right? Walmart will have any, any toys, games, anything to keep you busy, right? Anything that you can think of, Walmart will probably have it. Right. It's like guaranteed that Walmart. And if they don't have it, you can order it 
order it right to your house, right, or go to Amazon. So the, the point being is that, you know, uh, it, it comes down to a, a point where people don't even want to be told the truth with a doctor. Um, now I'm probably going to get, I'm probably going to get a lot of crap from this topic, but um, the point being is that you should want to hear the truth. The, the, the saying is the truth will set you free, right? That's the, that's the saying of it. Um, and you need to know the truth in order to embrace it. So, you know, you got to start trying to, you know, and I'm not saying it's not going to, it's not going to, it's going to feel great hearing the truth, right? No one really wants to hear the truth. You know, if, if you're, if you're overweight, you don't want someone to tell you that you're overweight. You're going to feel really crappy about yourself. But the point of the, the point of the story that I'm trying to bring up here is that you want someone to tell you that. And the reason you want someone to tell you that is because you're going to, you're going to feel guilty and it's going to whip you into shape. And you're going to be like, Oh man, I really like that person's telling me I'm overweight and I probably am overweight and I got to look at myself carefully and I got to take some steps to get healthy. So we, we look at everything to me, at least a lot of us look at things in, in the wrong way. Like you should want that. You should want to hear the truth. Um, you know, unfortunately you, you live in a society where a lot of people don't want to hear the truth. People rather would be lied to people want to be lied to rather than hear the honest truth of, uh, of the matter. Um, you know, politics, anything, you name it. A lot of people just like hearing shit. I mean, that's just the honest truth that I'm giving you right now. A lot of people just like hearing, you know, BS. And I never understood that, to be honest with you. I, um, it could just be my personality, but um, in order for you to get ahead, you need to know the truth. Uh, money, everyone's been lied to about money in a lot of different ways. Uh, poli you know, politics especially, a lot of people have been lied to, um, you know, and on both sides. You know, I, I'm a conservative, but you know, on both sides, they do lie because they want to get elected. So they tell you, they tell you things that you want to hear. So, you know, it's kind of just politics, but at the same time and society in general, um, there's a lot of, uh, bad information that gets passed around because people hear it and they go, Oh, that sounds great. And they pass it and it's just crap. It's garbage. Um, so, you know, it's, that's that topic. Stop running from your pain and embrace it. Cause I could talk about that all day. So we gotta, you gotta end that soon. Um, now, the next topic I'm going to get into is uh, you should contradict yourself when you're older. Now, this topic may sound this topic may sound kind of controversial or cons damn, I didn't say that word right, but I tried. You got to give me some props. I tried to go out of my uh, comfort zone and use a different vocabulary word, but um, it's going to sound like I'm kind of contradicting myself on this one, but um, I promise you I'm not. The reason I bring this up is because normally what happens with me a lot is let's say I do some research, I find something, I find some information and I tell someone something and maybe I, and I honestly believe it. I honestly, and this, this will happen to everyone. And if it doesn't happen to you, you're not growing as an individual. So that's why it's really important on this topic to listen. But I'll say something and then maybe a year later or maybe a cup, you know, maybe a good seven, eight months later, I change the view, the viewpoint of it or the belief, or I did maybe some more research and more things came out and uh, it contradicted what I believed before. And I'm like, okay, well, we have more evidence now to suggest that it's this or that. And I change, maybe I've had a couple experiences where it showed me a different way, or maybe I listened to someone else and they gave me more, um, more facts and more information on something. And I'm like, I never looked at it that way. Right. And I never looked at it that, that, that type of point of view before. And so I, I changed something, right? I changed the belief. I changed the viewpoint order. And so later on, it'll come up in a discussion and like, uh, my mom does it sometimes. My mom's like, but you said, 
you know, a year ago or you said a couple months ago about, you know, this, like this was the right way. And I go, yeah, that's what I really believed at the time. I really thought that was the case. But, you know, I got older. I, 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 I experienced some other things. I've heard some other viewpoints from other people. I've done more research. And I was wrong. Right? And you never, by the way, you'll never hear people say that. Oh, I was wrong. Right? And I go, I was wrong. I'm actually, I'm, you know, I changed, you know, I'm changing my viewpoint to this because I have more information. I know more on it. You know, I got more experience. And, you know, I was wrong before. And, or at least I honestly think I was wrong before. And this, this is probably right. And so you get the, um, oh, you're such a hypocrite speech, right? Oh, you're such a hypocrite. But you want to change. See, like what I learned because I never really wanted to change. I was always against change, didn't really care for it. Uh, I tried to I tried to keep the same people around me all the time. I got comfortable in certain situations and I would try to, you know, retain it. But I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, you're probably listening to this right now and you're pro- and you're probably thinking to yourself, "Well, well, duh, you know, everything changes. Nothing stays the same." Um, and yeah, there's plenty of examples that I can give you of myself which you'll easily be able to relate to. Everyone will, will be able to relate to this. You probably don't hang out with the same people you hung out with in middle school, maybe even in high school. Now, keep for granted that I do still hang out. I do have a tight niche with certain people from high school, uh, but I don't see them as much as I did from high school. Uh, my One of my best friends moved to Orlando, and even though he comes down here once in a while, and I go up there, and I actually have plans to actually stop by Orlando, because I'm going up to Gainesville in the next two weeks. Um, it, it's all, it, you know, everything changes. I don't make the same money. I don't have the same jobs. I don't even have the same field of work that I was even going back in, in, in high school. I was cash. My first ever job was a cashier. I went and did that for a long time. I did a courier service, which uh, the courier service is basically just going and getting plates and um renewal, the tag renewals, and I had to go to the county, and I had to deliver work and deliver it back to these agencies, these private agencies, and they would pay me to do that for almost, it's like a delivery service for them. Uh, Well, hence the word courier service, but I did that for a while. I then got an internship with a a marketing department, or not, it wasn't even a marketing department, it was just a marketing internship. Then I got a marketing internship with that, with my college. which helped me out tremendously. Then I, you know, now I'm working at a warranty company and now I'm trying to get a job with Apple. So, I mean, it it all changes. My income dramatically changed with all of those different jobs I had. I I wasn't making the same money. I wasn't even making, I wasn't even making the same, um, even though I wasn't making the same money, I wasn't even making money in the same way, right? The courier service, they paid me um, and I'd get tips and I'd get different things. The marketing job was a a set part-time gig and, you know, I've, I showed up to work. I got paid for those hours. Um, this job I'm at now, I get I get salary and I get benefits, so I can I can take personal days and get paid for it. I get paid holidays. You know, I'm getting paid differently in different ways. I have a 401k. You know, I get you know uh, healthcare. I get different things. So the the point being is everything changes. You know, I'm not going to college anymore. I was going from you know middle school, high school to college. I um, have different people that I I I, I know now because of you know, Toastmasters and different jobs. I made different connections to those jobs. I um, started my own business. You know, I, I have goals and updates. I have my own podcast. I'm getting different certification. You know, everything's changing. 
right? So change is a big thing that a lot of us run from, but the factor, the, the, the whole point that I'm trying to bring up here is that you change over time. And if you're not changing, you're not growing. So you kind of want to contradict yourself when you get older because your viewpoints are going to change. Different things are going to happen. What's up, Jason? Um, different things are going to happen. So it, everything should be changing, which means you're going to end up contradicting yourself when you get older. Right? There's no way around it. I mean, I think it's the stupidest thing when people call other people hypocrites um, because they change their view, you know, their viewpoint or they, or they, uh, they change something about themselves. Oh, you thought a year ago this was happening and now you change it to this. Well, you know, that's healthy. That should be happening. Um, you know, I think part of the problem is like with that, at least speaking, I think part of the problem is, uh, maybe you went against that person in the beginning and then you changed and you're like, yeah, now I agree with you because I started doing all this research and it started pointing me in this direction and they go, Oh, now you're with me. Right. But the point is like, you're going to grow. It, it's just, it's natural. It's, it's you growing to a better you. You're, you're experimenting more with different things. You're, you're going out and you're finding answers. And it goes back to talking about in the last topic, which was that you're looking for the truth, right? There's so much things where I was, you know, I, I, I thought of money completely different from what I think about now. And that's because I didn't know the truth about money. Uh, you know, most people think you just go and get a job, you make money and that's it. Uh, most people don't know about credit cards. Most people don't know about loans. Most people don't know about interest rates. Most people don't know about uh, investing. Most people, actually, most Americans don't invest in money. See, all these things that I just brought up. But, and there's so much more that I, you know, I bore you to death. But the point being is that you, you should be contradicting yourself when you get older. It, you know, I, I got criticized heavily. It's actually one of the reasons I broke up with my ex-girlfriend. The last one was because I kept, I kept trying to grow in my beliefs. I kept trying to grow... Uh, in religion, I kept trying to grow in different areas, and as I'm growing and get, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm growing as an individual and changing. The other person's staying the same, and and they're like, I don't even know you anymore. Like you're changing, and I'm like, yeah, because I'm getting older. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, figure out who who Tyler Dunn is. I'm trying to figure out this this individual that's in front of you. I'm trying to uh, become a better individual, I'm trying to grow. So you know, it's healthy. Uh, the, the best advice I can give you, um, let me give you a couple examples real quick, but that, that's, that's, that's really all it is. You know, you want to contradict yourself at a certain point in time. Um, let's see, I'm going to try to give you some good examples here. Let's think if I can, uh, or see if I can give you something that's actually really good. I changed my viewpoint on, a lot of it's kind of political, but I'm trying to think if there's something, well, like I said, money, money's not really, well, it kind of does obviously, everything kind of leads into political viewpoint, but uh, money, I used to kind of be very stingy with money. I used to get, it used to be to a point where I used to throw everything into savings. I just pay off my bills, everything goes into savings. And what I realized is um, I was too conservative with my cash, like too conservative. I was so scared of losing money that I'm like, all right, I'm just going to conserve everything and not spend. And um, there was a point in time where I was spending a lot of money. Like before that, I was spending a lot of money. And, and when I got my first real girlfriend, which is the one that uh, you know kind of put me in rock bottom, I used to spend a lot of money on her because that's what I thought was supposed to happen. I, I thought I was supposed to buy her you know, luxury stuff or I was supposed to go and do this. And I lost a lot of money that way. But at the same time, you know, then, I, then I was too conservative with, with money where I was like, all right, um, because of that incident, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend anything. I'm just going to save everything. And that's bad too, because you're not, 
you're not spending, you're not rewarding yourself. You're not uh, going out and, and, and networking and stuff like that because if I'm not spending money, I'm not putting myself in front of other people. Uh, you know, I, I pay, like right now I got to renew my, um, my dues for Toastmasters, which I think is like 58 bucks, which is, you know, not a lot of money at all. But um, back in those days when I was really, really conservative with cash, I probably wouldn't even want to spend, I'd be like, oh, $58 for three months. I'm not going to spend that. That's stupid. But I should be spending $58 at Toastmasters for a bunch of different reasons. Networking, I'm meeting people that are like-minded like me that want to, you know, develop a skill set of public speaking. And most of these people want to go on, on a stage and perform and, um, and basically outdo themselves and get better at speaking and grow as an individual. So that's networking. And I'm working on the skill, right? So I got to pay. I got to give something to get people to help me. Right. And that's what I wasn't looking at. I wasn't looking at money as a tool. I was looking at money as like, all right, survival. I got to, even though, you know, it kind of is, but I was looking too much as conserving, conserving that cash more than kind of being in the middle. Like, all right, I got to spend a little bit. I got to also save a little bit. And I also got to invest a little bit because most people don't invest their, their money. And that's why they lose. They lose off the depreciation of uh, inflation. So that is something I learned. So, that's uh you know that's a example I can give you on that. I'm trying to think. Uh, I, I a lot of it's political though. A lot of my viewpoints because the the thing with politics is it's your belief system, right? That's what most people don't understand is, you know, the way you look at the world in a nutshell is your belief. That's your belief system, and that's where you know the politics kind of tie into is is that's a part of you. Right? It's how you look at the world, how you engage with other people, how you do things. And um, I can give you actually a good one. That's not really political, but uh, my, my, uh, my religion, right? So I'm, I'm Catholic, which, uh, you know, titled into Christian. What's up, Sean? But, uh, you know, I, I, um, before, you know, I, I, when I was younger, obviously my parents brought me up Catholic, right? And I didn't have... I didn't have, like, I understood, obviously, you know, what the religion was about and everything, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't true to my faith. I didn't really like going to church. I volunteered as a altar server and stuff like that, but I was getting paid to do that at certain points in time. And I was like, all right, I'm getting paid to, to do weddings and, you know, and stuff like that. But, and I, and I had faith. I believed in God. I believed in different things, but I didn't have strong faith. And what I mean by that is I didn't really know the Bible at all. I still kind of don't really know the Bible too much, to be honest with you. Um, I'm trying to, uh, you know, read verses every single morning and, and really get in tune with that. But um, back then, I'd tell you, you're crazy. I'm not going to read the Bible. Uh, and I, I didn't really have, like, I didn't have structure in faith. I kind of just was, I was blindly going through faith. And, so, and it got to a point, too, because a lot of kids my age, and especially the area I grew up in, uh, a lot of people didn't have faith. A lot of people didn't really believe too much in God. And a lot of people say they believe in God, but a lot of people really, they don't believe in it as a, I'm trying to think of like a, a word I can give you where it would actually describe it better, but it, they don't really have good faith, right? They kind of just drift, and they kind of just say they believe in a God or a higher power, and they kind of don't really believe in, in a religion. So I don't know how you can strengthen that if you don't really follow a religion or you don't really kind of practice it, right? It's like a muscle. If you don't, you know, work out your muscles, you lose the muscle mass. It's the same thing with faith. 
So, you know, I listen to all my, my uh, younger friends and a lot of you know, everyone I talk to is like, you know, I don't believe in God. I don't, I'm, I'm atheist. I don't, uh, you know, I don't really care too much about religion. Uh, I think religion is overplayed. And so, you know, eventually, and then once I hit rock bottom, I questioned a lot of things because I'm like, you know, if there's a God, why is all this happening? Like, I don't understand. I'm such a good person. Or, you know, I was telling myself, yeah, I'm a good person. I care about people. I don't understand why this is happening to me. Questioned everything. Once I flipped and I started trying to do other things, I'm like, you know, I can't do this alone. I have to have more, more faith and, and strengthen that faith. And so that's when I, I changed. I changed the way I was looking at faith. I changed the way I was going to church. I volunteered more at the church. I started doing different things where I tried to get, um, you know, kind of almost look for answers too within faith. Because that's the problem too is a lot of people, what I realized as I got older is I never tried to put faith in my life. I kind of just bypassed everything. I kind of just, uh, I, I just lived. And I wasn't trying to put the pieces together. And when you have a lot of faith, you put the pieces together and understand like, okay, this happened for a reason. And this happened because I had to do this in order to get here. And that's only because God put that here. And, you know, this happened for a certain reason because of God. Right. And, you know, I can't obviously do it for you. You'd have to figure that out on your own. But the point being is that um, I, at, young, at a young age, I didn't have faith. Or I had faith, but I didn't have a lot of faith. When I got older, I understood what my parents were telling me the whole entire time. Because my parents would tell me, like, you know, you got to go do this and you got to go do that. And I'd be like, why? Like, why are we doing this? Like, what's the purpose of this? And they would just be like, you got to just, you got to do it. Like, even they didn't really have the answers. And they're like, you just got to do it. Like, if you want to get married in the church, you got to go and do your uh, sacraments. You got to go do this or whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm a young kid. I don't, I don't understand what the hell's going on. So I'm like, okay. And you know, I did it. And then as I got older, I'm like, oh, wow, I understand what they're saying now. Now I know I had to do this. I had to do that. And I understand why faith is actually really important, right? So that's kind of something where I contradicted myself when I got older. Um, and that's because I was growing, right? I grew. That means I, I grew and I, I got older and I started understanding things. Same thing with taxes. You know, the funny thing is uh, with taxes, right, most kids they're like, yeah, let's go and get free this, go get free that. This is where it gets a little political, to be honest with you. But they go, let's go get free stuff, let's go do this. And then they, uh, and they just think like, okay, I'm going to go make money and that's it. And they don't realize that taxes is the biggest thing. And when you start getting older, you tend to become more conservative. Uh, for the soul. That's, that's actually why most young kids, are, they consider themselves uh, like leftists or Democrat because they don't understand taxes. And then most people, when they get older and they understand taxes, they end up, they end up actually going more conservative. And they, they're like, oh, like, shit, man. Like, the government's taking 40% of my hard-earned cash. And then they flip everything. So that's, that's another, you know, another example. Appreciate that, Jason. But uh, that's, that's kind of where, like, you know, a lot of people don't understand, you know you contradict yourself a lot and you should be contradicting yourself. You should question everything. That's kind of something that I told myself uh, a long time ago is question everything, literally question everything. Now, why do I have this computer? Like, you know, why, do, why am I doing this podcast? Uh, why, you know, why, do, why am I friends with certain people that I'm friends with? Why do I go to church? Why do I go to school? Why do I do this? Why do I have a job? Right. When you question everything, you start contradicting yourself and you'll be like, Oh, now I understand. Like, here's the answer. So, Excuse me. So that's uh, that's the topic of you should contradict yourself when you're older, right? 
that's that topic. Now, real quick, I'm going to go into Dundee Investments. We'll wrap this up. But uh, for anyone that doesn't know, my name is Tyler Dunn. I own a company called Dundee Investments LLC, where the deal is already done. Now, this company is designed to help distressed sellers, right? So anyone that wants to sell their property very fast for quick cash and fair offer, and we put an investor on the deal. So the investor ends up buying the property. Now, how this works is a three-step process called Three Steps to Financial Freedom. And before I get into that, I'm going to go over the problems that we can help you solve if you're going through some type of financial crisis. So the big ones are pre-foreclosure. Most people know what that is. Pre-foreclosure is just basically uh, you have a mortgage with the bank, you're behind on the payments, and you're going to lose everything you put into that property, and the bank's going to repossess your, your house because you're behind on owing them the money. So that's a, that's a big one that a lot of people face is they end up taking on too much financial responsibility with a mortgage and the bank doesn't really help you out really. They help you, you know, try to help you get approved for the loan because they want to make money on the deal and it's more of a win-win for them rather than a win-win for you because they're like, okay, if these guys don't pay it, we, we, get, we, get, we got all their money already plus we can resell this property or refinance this property and make more money and, and double our profits. So that's why they do it, but um, that's pre-foreclosure. And if you know anyone, have them reach out to Dundee Investments. The other one would be job transfer. Uh, this one's not really that common, but it is, you know, I'd say it's pretty common. Um, this is, all this is, is if you find better opportunity in another city, another state, another country, and you have to move very fast. They want you to get there in the next week or two. And you know if you sell your house on the market with a real estate agent, it's going to take them a long time. They're not going to sell it quick. And you have to get out of the house as quick as possible. You have to get the moving company moving and you got to go. That's where Dundee Investments would be perfect to help you out in that situation. The other one would be liens on properties. This one's pretty common where your city, you, you know, you have, you have uh, I'm trying to think of what they're called, uh, code enforcement, right? And those people are, they work for the city and they go around and make sure your house is up to code. Now, what normally happens is if, is if you have overgrown grass, you have property where, uh, you know, you got paint, uh, roof damage, your roof is really dirty, anything where it looks bad on the city, they'll, they'll give you a lien or, or cite you. And that stacks up over time. Every single day, it stacks up over time. And if you couldn't afford, you know, let's say it was 250 the first day and now it's stacked and you couldn't really afford that. Now it's stacked up to a thousand over time. You know, it's going to, it's going to hit you pretty hard and you're not going to be able to afford that. That's where Dundee Investments would, would be able to come in there and help you out. Um, most of the time with those, uh, people, you know, the lien is on there for a long time and you got easily a couple grand of debt, um, that you can't really afford. You know, you're paying like double mortgage payments basically. And one's going to the city and one's going to the mortgage company. So that's, uh, or the bank. So that's, that's one way done deal investments can help you out. Uh, the next two, I'm going to do two more and then we'll go into the process. But the next two would be divorce where a lot of people are kind of always puzzled when I say divorce, but you're, we're in a, we're in a, um, a place in the United States where divorce rates are about 48%. So it's almost at a 50-50% rate. So it's really common in the United States for a divorce. And normally what happens is most states, at least in Florida, where that's where we're located, is um, a 50-50 state. So you have to split everything 50-50. You obviously can't split a property down the middle and do 50-50. The only way to do that is to sell the property for the, the value of the home 
and then split the profits with that other person 50-50. That's where done deal investments would be great for that. If you go through the real estate agent, it's probably going to take a long time. It's going to, you know, you're going to have to, you probably really don't even, depending on how bad the divorce is, by the way, you might not even want to see the other person to work with them. And this would just be a quick way to sell it for a fair cash offer and then just split the profits and move, and move on basically. Um, and the last one I want to go over is if you don't want to deal with a real estate agent. Now I probably, you know, I, I kind of know a lot of real estate agents. So they're probably gonna get pissed. But, um, the point being is, you know, really it's, it's a saturated market real estate agents. There's, you know, a lot of people are qualified to be a real estate agent. Um, a lot of people got and get their licenses and everything and you could easily find one on your market. Now, what, kind of happens where you probably wouldn't want to use them is they're going to charge you a lot of our uh, heavy commission fees. I think the average market rate is about 6%. Some of them go way higher than that. And the reason for that is there are all these third parties that are involved in the deal when you go through the real estate agent. So what normally happens is you got the real estate agent has to make money on the deal. They normally have to go through a broker or a brokerage. They have to make money on the deal. And then um, I'm sure they're going to probably hit you somewhere with some type of fee for like inspection fees and stuff like that. So there, there's, there's a whole bunch of different parties that play out when you go through the real estate agent. And that's why you normally pay high commission fees. With done deal investments, we don't do any type of commission fee. Uh, what ends up happening is you don't even pay us. Let's say you're the seller. You don't even pay us. The investor will pay us the commission fee. So that's the cool little, little twist with going with done deal investments is you don't pay us commission fees. Um, the investor pays us on the deal. So that's really, really cool and interesting. Another thing too is open houses, which is a, you know, a big pain in the butt. Um, when you go through a real estate agent, what they try to do is they don't really have set buyers. They go and do open houses where someone drives by and stops by and looks at the house or they're trying to look at houses in that market. And it's kind of hard for them to get, uh, you know, direct buyers. They don't have like a direct buyers list. It's kind of just like, all right, we're going to, we're going to try to find leads and hope that these people are interested and then try to pull them in with open houses. With Dundee Investments, we already have preset investors. So we basically go out and we're like, okay, um, you know, here's the property size. These are the bedrooms. All right, we're going to put the, we're going to go ask this investor that specifically wants that and is more likely to buy that deal. And we're not going to do an open house. We're going to basically take five, you know, 10 pictures of your property get an estimate of what the investor is going to have to take, send all that to the investor and put them on the deal and get a quick buy. That's how we sell the, the property fast with an investor. Now, um, try to think, there's another thing with uh, that I had in my head as I was explaining that part to you and I, I completely, oh, sorry. And the other thing, the last thing until we move on to the three-step the three step process of financial freedom is they, um, they normally typically take a long time to sell on the market because uh, every house is not perfect, right? Most people actually really don't kind of take care of the property unless something breaks and they have to do it. They don't really like invest into the property when they own it. So you might not get full market value for it with a real estate agent, excuse me, with a real estate agent. And it might take them way longer because they're trying to sell your property for full market value. So that's something where Dundee Investments would be able to take care of that quicker, where we'll just sell it to a set buyer extremely fast within seven days, get you a really fair cash offer and you just move on. And it's as easy as, you know, as easy as just selling it in a week rather than going through the real estate agent and they take, you know, a month or two to try to sell it. So that's, that's the really cool part about it. Now I'm going to go into the three step, uh, three step, sorry, 
three steps to what I call the three steps to financial freedom. So this is the process of done deal investments, how we sell your property, what you have to go through, what we need, and so on and so forth. So the first step is you have to contact done deal investments. Um, the best way to do it is by phone, uh, just because if you go through the phone, um, it's easier to do everything. We're just gonna, we just have to ask you some very basic questions in the beginning um, where you know it's just basically questions on the property, what financial condition it's in, what problem you're trying to solve, and just very basic questions so we get a better understanding of what you need out of the deal and what you're looking for so we can help you um, get to that, that point or that result that you want. Now, like I said, I, I prefer a phone call just because it's easier, we get to the questions faster, it's more personable, we get to know each other better. Um, now if you do that, I do have to let you know I do work a full-time job. I can't get to the phone every single time you're gonna probably call, so just leave a very detailed voicemail uh, message and I'll just get back to you as soon as I'm off from the shift. It's just they, they don't allow me to use my phone at this job. So I got a full attention on that job. Um, so I'll get back to you as quick as I can on that. You could also email. It might be easier for you. Go on our website and fill out a form and you'll actually get a lot more information on the website of how it works and our investors and everything. And you could also go on Facebook, our, our Facebook, our Dundee Investments Facebook page and see some posts. You can see, uh, you know, um, what we're, you know, what we're about, and you can reach me out on their direct message through iMessenger, and I'll even get back to you through that too. That actually might be even better sometimes because if I'm not working, I'm on break. It might be easier for me to get on there and and, and hit you up on the iMessenger rather than um, calling you. I don't have long, you know, a long time on my breaks. So those are the ways to get, you know, get involved with it and reach out and. That's that. So that's the first step. We just gotta get some questions answered. Now the second step, so now we're on step two of the, the three steps of financial freedom is, we're gonna have to set up an appointment for me to come to your property and do a walkthrough where I can see the inside of your property, see the outside of the property, take five pictures inside your property, five pictures out, and then I gotta fill out a sheet where I'm like, okay, we got broken windows, we got roof damage, we got, you know, whatever our cost is to the investor, I need to jot it down. And then I need to present it to the investor, and that's how we get. That's how we do it fast. I give all the information to the investors, and I go, okay, here, this is a property that this person wants to sell. Here's the price we agreed on. Uh, this is the cost that it's going to take to get it into mint condition, where you can flip it and sell it on the market. And here are the pictures to back up what the property looks like, and so on and so forth. So that's step two, where I have to come to your property. We schedule the time. And I have to be able to look at your property and be like, okay, like this is going to be a cost to the investor. This is how much roughly it's going to take to get that fixed. And from that point, it's kind of still step two, but now we're going into step three. So this is the third step. So at this point, I have to run comps on your neighborhood and I got to find out the, what your house, the, the average value of your house is. So how I do this is I run comps. I take, you know, the three closest houses that are in your neighborhood and I average it out, that I've sold recently in the neighborhood by the way, and then I average it out, I get the average, right? the average of what your house is worth, or your property is worth, I take whatever it's gonna be for the investor, the costs, to fix it, and then at the bottom is the price that we negotiate on. So once we come to an agreement on the price and the terms, I then put it into a contract, 
you sign the contract, I sign it for done deal investments, and then whoever the investor is on the deal will sign that contract, and then the deal is basically a done deal at this point. So once everyone signs the contracts, we come to an agreement on the terms and the policy and the, the or the price and the terms. Um, by the way, you're probably thinking, what do you mean by terms? Terms are just basically like if um, you needed to stay in the house for another three weeks or you needed to get this, you know, X, Y, and Z done before you could physically move into another property. That would be included in the terms that you would have to let me know. Now, the reason I'm putting all this stuff together is so my job is to get you on the same page and the investor on the same page on this deal. So everything runs smooth. The deal is going to run extremely smooth because I'm going to update you on what the investor wants. You're going to get updated uh, or I'm going to update the investor on what you want and the deal, that's how the deal runs smooth. I'm basically trying to make sure this deal runs smooth and I'm putting everything and I'm basically doing all the legwork. So that's, that's the big job of done deal investments on these deals. Now, um, so now we're at the end. So now everyone signs, everyone agrees on everything. Now what's going to happen is the seller obviously gets the cash offer that we agreed on and, and we obey the terms on the, on the contract. They're going to get out of the financial situation. Their credit's going to be totally fine and they're going to be able to go and get another property with the cash offer that we just gave them. Now, um, if you need any, if that, if that seller needs anything else within that deal, they can come directly to Dundeal Investments and I'll give them third parties that they can use. I know a lot of real estate agents. I know a couple of home inspectors. Um, real estate agents is really the big one, which I know a lot of them, which I can help you out with. And maybe you need financing or, you know, whatever you need. I, I'll, I'll make it my mission to help you get to that, that place where you're comfortable and you're into the next uh, place that you can afford or that, that next property. Now, investor is obviously going to win on this deal because he's going to flip it with his own capital um, through all the stuff that I spec'd out. He's going to flip it. He's going to make money on the deal, and and that's and he just made money on the deal, right? Because he flipped it and sold it on the market for full market value. Now, done deal investments is going to win because we're going to get commission from the investor, not the seller. And the investor is going to pay us for what we call a finder's fee because I did all the legwork for, you know, Dundell Investments as a company did all the legwork. Um, and we basically put the deal together and gave them the deal. So that's, that's how that works, right? And that's the cool thing about Dundell Investments. We sell your house really fast with these um, preset investors. If we don't have, let's say I didn't have an investor on my list, it's my job to go find you an investor. So I'll cold call for you, go find all these, you know, do all the legwork. That's my job with Dundee Investments. Now, and that's the really cool part is we sell it fast. We give you a really fair cash offer for your property. And we, um, lost my train of thought, I'm sorry. And we'll sell it basically really fast on the market for you. And we'll give you a fair cash offer. And I think the last one. I had three things I wanted to tell you. I, I had a complete brain fart at that, that last part. But um, but that's the difference between us and we're not a real estate, we're a real estate company, but we're not, um, We're in, it's an investing company. It's not a real estate agency. Uh, I kind of feel like people are going to get us confused with real estate agencies. We're not a real estate agency. We're just an investing company um, with real estate. You know, I'm, I'm going to work on getting my real estate license. So eventually, you know, I could turn it into an agency and do uh, what I'm doing right now. At the same time, I could also start building a real estate agency portfolio and everything with Dundee Investment. So 
that's, but you know, it's, it, it's really interesting what I'm trying, what I really want to try to do with this. So, um, that's done deal investments. You know, eventually I want to expand. I want to get a real estate agent team. I want to get home inspections. I want to get uh, financing. I want to do a bunch of different things. I have a big vision for done deal investments. I have to get, um, you know, I got to get it up and, and move in a lot faster than what it's at right now. And I got to start trying to push for different things. But, um, eventually once I get things going, it's, sh it, you know, it could, it's going to be a great business because it's going to literally, um, help homeowners, mostly property owners. And it's then going to help investors. It's actually going to help both sides really well because our resources are going to help obviously property owners, um, and cut down the buying process by a lot. And then we're also going to help investors make money. So that's a big thing. So that's done deal investments in a nutshell. Uh, that was the three step, the three step system to financial freedom. And I think that's all I really wanted to talk about with Dundee investments. Uh, if you're interested, contact us, you know, if you know anyone, it, you don't even have to be an investor. You don't have to be a seller, but even if you're just interested in getting more information on Dundee investments, definitely reach out to me. I definitely want to, uh, you know, pick your brain on it and maybe you can give me some ideas or maybe you can look at some stuff and be like, Hey, um, you know, I'm not an interest, I'm not an interested seller or an interested investor, but I did notice this and maybe you should do this. You know, just pick me ideas. Um, if you want, go check out our website at www.dundealinvestment.com. And I think that's basically it with Dundee Investments that I really wanted to talk about. But yeah, if you know anyone, just have them reach out to Dundee Investments in whatever way they feel comfortable. And real quick, I'm going to go over before we, uh, channel this up. I should have probably done this in the beginning. I got to get better at uh, promoting this stuff on the board. But for anyone that's new, we have a platform called Podbean where it has all our old episodes on there. Now I'm not caught up on, you know, we're on 109 right now. I think I have like 18 or 19 and I always say I got to try to update more episodes. It's just, it's really time consuming. Um, you know, most people probably think I just have to download the episode, put it up on Podbean. It's not as, e it is that simple, logically speaking, but each episode is about an hour, hour and a half. They take forever to download from Facebook for some reason. I don't know if it's because I'm not directly linked into my router and I'm doing it through Wi-Fi or I don't really know exactly um, why it takes so long, but it, it takes like two hours to download one episode and then, you know, it's, and then I got to sit there and actually watch it because it, it skips. So, and then I got to edit it into MP3 format. So it's a process to get each episode on that Podbean platform. But the next thing I'm working on is, is uh, using Podbean and, and um, using an R, R, RSS feed. And that's going to basically go to Spotify, iTunes. So I'm going to try to branch it out more. But definitely go on there. It's goalsandupdates.podbean.com. And that's our Goals and Updates Podbean platform where you can listen to the old episodes. Now that's going to make it more accessible for you to get it all on your mobile devices, cell phones, tablets. Uh, you can even do it through your laptop. Uh, but if you're doing it through your laptop, you know, well, yeah, you could do it through your laptop. I don't know why I was going to go against that, but, <laughs> but yeah, so it's going to, and then you can play this through your car too. So that's the whole point I did through the Podbean, And then if I can get to all the other um, podcast platforms, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a game changer. I, I want to work on, I'm working on a YouTube channel, um, where I can basically cut them down into playlists and it's going to make it easier. Once I get all that, you know, I'll put it up here. But the last thing on air too, by the way, is our Patreon support. Now, most people are probably like, what is that? Wait, what it is, is it helps us with donations. So you can go on to 
patreon.com slash goals and updates and you can sign up for a $1 membership. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, why would I want to do a $1 membership on Patreon for goals and updates? It's something that you don't have to do. That's why it's called a donation, but it'll help me out um, and we can grow this show a lot faster. I can get chairs. I can get, you know, I have, I have pretty much have the mic set up. I, um, I can get better scenery, you know, better, you know, just better stuff overall, better equipment. I can maybe hire people to help me out with the show. Um, and just, it's a dollar. I mean, it's crazy. It's $1, right? And it's a month, it's a membership. So it's every month, right? But I'm going to try to get different other memberships. We have five, 10. It's just, I got to, I'm really trying to figure out how to do merchandise and stuff with it. And that way, you know, it might be, those memberships might be better for people. But right now it's a dollar, right? Dollar membership. Every single month you contribute a dollar to goals and updates, which, you know, it's a dollar, man. I mean, it's less than a cup of coffee. So everyone should have a dollar a month um, to kind of contribute. Uh, I'm not, you know, like I said, I'm not forcing it. It's a donation, but I definitely would help grow this show. I, I try to do my best to, to really put some of these topics together. I, you know, I work on it basically by myself. I try to show up and get everything done. That's why I'm always late because I don't have anyone that helps me out with the show. I don't have like a producer or anything. So, um, and I want to get more co-hosts and I want to make the co-hosts more comfortable. So in order to do that, I really need to upgrade some uh, um, equipment, not like the podcast equipment. I need to be able to upgrade. I need to get like another comfortable chair because when people come over, I have to use like a, it's not that comfortable of a chair and I'd rather give them something comfortable I, um, I have ideas that I want to do and different things that I could probably use, like different streaming, different streaming sites, which I'd have to pay monthly to be able to do certain, certain things with that. I want to be able to expand with some Facebook advertising, which, you know, my budget right now is really, really low. I can't really afford that right now. So, you know, the $1, even though you're probably thinking the $1 doesn't really help, it definitely goes a long way and I definitely would appreciate it. So, um, that's Patreon support. So, this has been episode 109 of Goals and Updates. I appreciate everyone that comes on here and, and shows me some support. I, I really do appreciate that. And I'm trying to think, uh, I think that's basically everything I want to talk about. So this has been episode 109 of Goals and Updates. My name is Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. Peace.